with Dan and Ryan. It's Walk the Lion. All right, let me scoot this over here. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Walk the Line with me, Dan Cryer, and my friend Ryan Smith. Say hello, Ryan. Hello, everybody. All right. And we are here for NCAA Week 2 of the 2013 football season, and we're going to be also talking about NFL Week 1, which is awesome and impossible to fully predict, but we're going to try here. So I'd like to welcome everybody to the inaugural edition of Walk the Line. And I'm feeling good. How are you feeling today? Yeah, you know, we got a week of college football under our belts. We got to see a few teams in action, what we like and didn't like, and NFL's starting tonight, so it'll be good to get in the swing of football here. Exactly. And so we got we we're, we're we're incorporating it's our first show. We got some underdogs to talk about, some some dogs today, and we got some uh, we got some tough ones that are hard to call. Right? We're going to have some fun today. So, what we want to do, what my feeling today is, Ryan, what I think we should do is is do a quick recap of the Michigan State football game from last week. Talk about what we talked about previous to that game and just uh, see if we can do an analysis of um, of the upcoming Saturdays. Does it sound like a good plan to you? Yeah, I think it's funny. I mean, everything we talked about going into last week's game pretty much panned out. And if anything, Friday night's game raised more questions for Michigan State than it did answer any questions going into the season. And it, it really just looked like we ended up right where we ended up last season. So um, Saturday will be interesting just to see if maybe that was nerves first game right. or if this truly is just a very similar team to last year, minus Le'Veon Bell. Right. Okay, and since this is the first show, I'm going to just explain. This is called Walk the Line, and what we're doing is we're talking about the sports lines, the, the spreads that are listed in places online that you can see anywhere, but they, they come from Las Vegas. And so my quick disclaimer that I want to get out really quick, just so everybody knows, that what we're talking about here is an educational statistics show, and it's related to public perception of sporting events, okay? So the, the views that we're expressing on the program are just speculation. We're... I'm going to say that I'm an expert, but this is just these are opinions of Ryan and myself, and we're analyzing the past sports scores, and, and that's what we're talking about. It's, it's, these are not the views of Impact 89 FM, and, and all we're talking about is just the outcomes of future athletic events. We like to predict scores because we study scores, and so that's what this show is about. And so what we're going to be doing is talking about the spreads in football games, and I, th- I think it's going to be a good time. So you have anything to add to that, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, anyone who watches sports uh, likes to think they know what they're talking about, and we're going to see if we know what we're talking about. We like to be right, <laughs> and we like to be right about the exact scores because there's so many different things that go in, and, and really the, the nature of sports is really headed towards this being more mainstream and talking about point spread lines because I think it has a mental effect on the game and I think it's the public perception going in the, these these lines that are in Vegas they're a reflection of where does the public think the 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 you know betting money should be going we're just looking at where the lines are now and what we're predicting but really people in the world put money down on the game based on what they think the point spread is and that adjusts the line into where it is right before the game starts yeah and you can even see it on you know mainstream media outlets on espn or cbs sports you click on the game and it has the over under the spread so it's just letting everyone out there know because there's you know there's people interested in what it is exactly and And if anybody go go into cbssports.com go click nfl scores right now and just look at what's coming up and it's gonna like he said it's got the time now the facts that people want to know who's the away team who's the home team what time does it start then they want to know what's the point spread and what's the over under and that's what we want to know about too because that's what we're going to talk about it's fun all right let's get started let's get into it so now moving back to michigan state going into last week's game it was a 27 and a half point spread and both ryan and i kind of looked at each other like i don't think that's going to happen yeah we want you know the two of us watched the entire year last year, and we kind of had a feel that it was going to be pretty similar to that going into Friday night. And, you know, you always look at Michigan State Western, and naturally you want to think, oh, it's going to be a blowout. But, you know, we've seen enough to know that that wasn't right. the case. And when the, when the offense came, we, we heard this. So, uh, really, it, it was one of those times where you wanted, you wanted more because – 
it's and that's what really point spreads are about is can you put points on the board and it's amazing because the defense put on more points than the offense did the offense led to 13 points and the defense oh 12 points excuse me because they missed the extra point on the offensive touchdown but there were two defensive touchdowns for 12 and then the extra points for 14 so for out of 26 points total they didn't even cover if right. it was a shutout they wouldn't have covered that spread right they didn't even score enough points to cover if they let up you know no points and yeah. this is a team now two years in a row well, I guess last year and the first game yeah. of this year, we've seen it's the defense that's going to um, keep us in games and where we want to be because you're right, without the two defensive touchdowns, you can never walk away from a game where you score one offensive touchdown against a Western Michigan team who won, I believe it was just four games mm-hmm. last year. You know, that's not what you want to see at all. Yes, they have the new coach, they're a little more energetic, but you're Michigan State and they're Western Michigan. You would have like to put up more than six points offensively right. off of touchdowns right. in that game. Well, and so the intriguing part now takes us into week two. And so that's really why I love college football and all sports lines over the course of the week because now you have a team from South Florida. So University of South Florida, the Bulls, they are in the – are they in the ACC now or are they still in the American Athletic Conference? It doesn't matter. The point that I want to make is there was no line. There was no spread in their point uh, – no point spread in their game last week hosting McNeese State, who's not Division One. Instead of Division Two. it's called the Football Championship Subdivision. McNeese State went in and ran off 40 straight points on South Florida, thus beating them 53-21. to 21. Yeah, they're in the – Former Big East, what is it now? American Athletic. Okay, so that's what so South Florida is. Yeah, I'm looking at their schedule. They play, you know, Cincinnati and UConn and teams of that nature. So yes, and what's interesting about that is, you know, you look at the 53-21 that McNeese State they won that game, and that was, you know, that was a home game for home South game Florida in Tampa. But you look at how they scored. It was they had a few running plays from the goal line, but they had big plays. They mm-hmm. scored off turnovers, which we did, but offensively they had like a 71-yard touchdown or something. Yeah. And that is something that Michigan State hasn't done for a while now. We look back to, you know, last game, our longest, the Michigan State's longest pass play was 26 yards. Yes. Even going back to the bowl game, our longest pass play was, you know, just in that 20-yard range. Yes. We, we don't have the, the threat to just light the scoreboard up. It you know, it's exactly. too long of a process. Things are too inconsistent right now. We're switching quarterbacks by the drive, so no one ever gets in any rhythm. Uh-huh. You know, receivers can't even get a feel for the quarterbacks because when the passes are getting there, they're dropping them, or the passes aren't there, and it's just it's all over the board for yeah. for Michigan you know State. Right I thought now. you were making a comment there, like we're 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 switching quarterback by the bunches. No, you actually said we're switching quarterback by the drive yep. because we are. We're literally just trying to what works, and I understand there. It's a feel out period, and and I as a student here, I want to see them do well. But looking at the statistics before we get into the point spread for the South Florida game. The statistics are from the passing end. Maxwell went 11 for 21 for 74 yards. He had the 26-yard pass. That was his longest. And he took one sack so that he was protected. But Connor Cook was 6 for 16 for 42 yards. So it's a combined 17 for 37 for 116 yards. That's well below any average any team could have. And what what it tells me is the quarterbacks were in a rush to get rid of the ball. And that's why there were very few sacks. There were very, very quick dropbacks off the back heel passes. And so they need to really stand in the pocket and make long throws and, and get some maybe longer, uh, you know, per yardage gains yeah, and per, to me, per play. Yeah, to me it even looked like their mind was made up walking out of the huddle. They were snapping the ball and immediately looking at the guy they were going to throw. There was never any – they didn't go through their reads, mm-hmm. which last year, it's ironic, I, I really felt like Maxwell went through his reads too quickly mm-hmm. last year, so maybe that's something they're trying to get him to you know, look at one longer than two. Because right. to me, he was looking for the fourth option immediately so he could dump it down and get rid of the ball. Right. So we'll see how that progresses this week. I, just, I think rhythm is a big thing in just athletics. You name the sport, the level. It's all about getting in a feel of the game. You make reads better throughout the game. Yeah. You you know you hook up with your wide receivers better. You know where they're going to go. Switching every drive, it's just tough. I think. I you know, see what you're I think saying. these yeah. first two games, you know, D'Antonio is really looking for someone to separate themselves and make the decision easy on him. And neither of these guys really did that. And I think that puts the coaching staff in a tough spot. 
because they sure. were really looking for one of them to make the decision for them. It's like having want... a tool a toolkit with you can't find the right screwdriver exactly. right now because you need somebody to extend the defense out. That way the running game can get going and get a little bit of separation there in the line so that they're not packed in so tightly. So, I th- yeah, I think this is the last week of the switching, and really after that you just got to quarter- go with the quarterback and you live with him and you die with him because uh-huh. neither of these guys are standing out, so you just got to pick one of them. Now, does Terry get get some time this week? Do we try that? I mean, is that is that something that you think D'Antonio might do? You know, and that's an in, that adds an interesting aspect to this game for you know just the casual viewer, for the right. hardcore Michigan State fan, or the people with the spreads. Because, yeah, do you play three quarterbacks in one game? How does he do it? How does he switch them up? If if someone can produce a big play, you know what I mean, like a like a fifty yard or play or something, just something to get some excitement in there because it seems like they're we're, we're kind of down on the excitement level. Yeah, and Cook had he just brings a different dynamic with his legs. He had four rushes for thirty five yards, so that just adds a new right. aspect to our offense. But you got to be able to throw the ball. That that's right, plain and simple. So talking specifics for the week two point spread. It, when it opened, Michigan State was favored by 17.5 points, and as of today, it's up to 23.5. So, so it's climbing back up towards the 28 it was for which Western. Is, which I'm just I'm going to make a comment. I'm not sure who's pushing that line higher. I, I know that you're seeing South Florida really got it handed to them, but I think South Florida is the team that's going to make adjustments. And, yes, Michigan State is going to still be a, just a staunch defensive team. But until Michigan State proves to me that they can put – points on the board because they're going to need to get into the high 30s or 40s I'm thinking in this game to cover that 23 and a half points so I just I do like the points for Florida again yeah I I don't like Michigan State covering yeah and not even looking at the spread in this game even the over under I think Michigan State's going to be a team you can bank on the under a lot this year because you know they do have the defense and tell everybody what the over under is for this game yeah the over under for this game is 44 I don't remember what it was for week one but it was not even close. To, it was 47 for yeah. week one, and the final score was 26-13 for 39 points. So it stayed under by eight points. Yeah, and so I, th- I just think the under here is you know going to happen with our defense and our offense. And the you know the cover 23 and a half is a lot of points in a football game. It could easily happen, but you just don't know it and this early in the may, season. And the reason, and I'm going to just back uh, back you up on this, the reason that we both think this is because Michigan State has not shown the ability to run off a 78-yard right. play. Our, our drives are going to take time. They're yeah. going to be four or five yards at a time, and, and maybe eight yards if we're lucky. And then that eats up the clock when you're running the ball as much as we do because we ran the ball 40 to 42 times for 181 yards. That's an okay day, but that's and the one touchdown drive we had before that Maxwell led us on right before the half that made it 13-7, that was a primarily right there were a couple penalties too right which assisted that's our best friend is the defensive holding mm-hmm. honestly but yeah and i mean let's be clear here there's nothing wrong with having long drives and not big plays yes. that's just that could just be a style play and sure last year in the boise game you know Le'Veon bell had 40 touches by exactly. himself so that is not the reason we're citing for offensive yeah. failure it's just you know as far as the under goes it's we're, you're right. We're, we're not looking at the under, team. and we're looking at this 23.5 right now, and I just I can't see it happening. We're never going to have a quarter like Clemson, Georgia did, where each team, mm-hmm. it's just they score, we score, they score, we score. It just doesn't happen like that with our, you know, the Michigan State defense, the Michigan State offense. It's a slower game. And you you bring up a good point because it's not worth disparaging a football team because there's some struggles on offense. I mean, there, if Michigan State would like to win nine games by the score of 17-13 this season, everybody will be fine with that. Trust me, it's the wins and the losses that matter. For yeah, that. and we look back to, you know, Wisconsin the past five, or I don't know, you know five years or so. Yeah. That's how they've won games is just, you know, kind of grind it out. It's not what you want to see, but you're talking about basketball, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, just bad, yeah. 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 Football, Wisconsin. Was no, football, Wisconsin. Yeah, right. So, look, and I was impressed very much by the defense. I like the fact that we were getting interceptions. We we caused four turnovers that were all important and scored 14 points off. T- so two of the plays directly resulted in. So and that's the question: Is South Florida going to be loose with the ball so much so that Michigan State starts getting drives in the 20s? So. Uh, but but really, South Florida. I, I did, do you recall how many turnovers they had last week against McNeese State? It was just like, just one. Oh, it was yeah. a pick six, I believe. Yeah, seventy one yards. It went back. Right, and so it was. It's not like they're turnover prone last week. So we'll see what happens. But going into this one, so I'm going to make a call, and then we're going to move on to the other games. So unless you want to, is there anything you'd like to add? No. Go so ahead. okay, I'm going to go. Last week, I last week I said against my pick for Michigan State 
was 34-14. So I was expecting a couple of touchdowns on offense. So I overshot on that one, and I'm going to continue. I'm going to stay under 30 on this one. I don't. I don't think we get into the 30s. So I'm going to say 27 to 14 in this one, and Michigan State will win the game and win probably comfortably looking in the second half. But it's, I don't think it's going to be a covering the 23 and a half. So that's my call. What do you got, Ryan? Um, South Florida just put up 21 against McNeese State. This defense is the real deal at Michigan State, I think. So I'm with you. I, I have us scoring 27 points, but only giving up six for a total of 33. So staying under in and that I, one. And I have no us cover. at 41 with the total. So okay. we both like over. We both like South Florida to cover the under. spread. Excuse me. We like under 44, and we like uh, South Florida to cover the spread. So and until and Michigan State, that's if that's a duty of a coach, which we don't know. We're not in the mind of a coach. We don't know if the coaches care about scores at the end of the game. But I know that D'Antonio wants to get a little more comfortable, like nature for the offense, because we're going to have these Big Ten foes coming up here. So. Yeah, I think he would like to see a spark out of his offense. Just real simple plays. Michigan State ran on Friday. Nothing too crazy. I think he's just trying to, you know, see which guys know the playbook and, you know, are just going to move the chains. All right, well, let's let's do this. I'm going to... All right, we're going to open the door to the rest of the show now. Okay, so we got the Michigan State portion out of the way. Let's do a quick recap of what we said last week just to see how, how do we do. Because uh, I know for certain that Ryan got one right that I got wrong on the time we chose. I changed and sided with Ryan, which I do a lot now. <laughs> it used to be that I, I argued with this guy. but I, I got I, some sway now. <laughs> I, I don't argue with him very much. So that's why, that's why everybody... I, that's why you're listening in, okay? Now it's time for the expertise to drop in. And we were both very correct about Michigan State last week. So here we go. We're going to get into what we were saying. Uh, LSU played in Cowboy Stadium against Texas Christian. LSU was favored by four and a half, and we both said that they were going to cover mightily, and they did. So we were both correct. I'm just going to go through quick. Does that sound good to you? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, read it, it was, off. It was, even though it was in te- Texas, we, we knew LSU looked pretty pretty solid. Okay, the, the, the Georgia-Clemson game was one of the better games of the week. Clemson ended up going up by 10 points, and then they gave up a late touchdown, but they were underdogs at home by three points, and they ended up covering by taking the money line as well, which was plus 125, which we'll get into. We're talking spreads, though, more than that. But, but they, they not only covered, they won as an underdog. So we And, and I had said that I thought Georgia was going to win that road game, but I changed my mind after thinking about it. And Ryan correctly picked Clemson, and he had them by seven. So good pick there. Now, here's the one we both blew hard. This is horrible. Boise State was four-point underdogs at Washington, and they got annihilated. I think it was 38-6. to six. So, Yeah, I mean, we were just going off, you know, what passed Boise State and Washington. We really knew nothing about either of those teams. Yeah, so Boise State, that's and they're the team that probably dropped in the mines because they were uh, that hot Fiesta Bowl pick, and now Fresno State stepped into that BCS buster role. And uh, and so and, and Fresno State, on, they were ten and a half point favorites against a pretty solid Rutgers team. I liked Rutgers in that one. And Rutgers covered mightily. It took them to overtime and almost uh, won. They went for two on the final play to try to win it on the road. But but Fresno State's gonna be a good team. Okay, so we got um, uh, Penn State. We both we both had Syracuse covering. We were correct about that. And we both finally liked Northwestern to cover at Cal Berkeley. And thanks to my friend on the defensive side there, uh, they ran back two pick sixes and covered. So Northwestern looks pretty sharp this year. Yeah, they're looking to be one of the, you know, I saw today on ESPN and CBS had their predictions. A lot of people have Northwestern as maybe the second best team in the Big Ten behind Ohio State. So that's a team to watch out for this year. And yep. they're going to, I think they're going to surprise some people outside of Big Ten country. Yeah. I think last year really showed a lot of people in the Midwest that Northwestern's ready to go. Pat Fitzgerald has done an excellent job with that totally. program. But outside of that, I think uh-huh. Northwestern will come onto a national stage this year. Yeah, and they the same player. It, Kane Coulter suffered a concussion early, and then Trevor Simeon came in and looked great. Yeah, quarterback Kane Coulter. Yeah, so they're looking good. Okay, so Ryan, why don't you introduce? So we're, now we're going to get into MCAA uh, Week Two games, which are on the seventh of September. So Ryan, why don't you introduce our first game of the day? That I think we an talk interesting about. matchup every year, just for history reasons, and just it always catches your eye. Is Florida goes to Miami, Florida? For that, I believe that's a an early game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So Florida is minus three, so they are favored, and the over under is forty eight in that one. 
So what do you what do you think? Uh... Well, here's the thing. Florida played last week against they hosted Toledo Rockets. They were 23 point favorites and they did not cover. They won 24 to six. So they won they won by 18. But it's one of those cases where Florida as well didn't show any huge explosiveness on offense. So there's questions about Florida. Now Miami, this is their season opener, and this game is being played in Miami. In in so so it's. You know, if anybody's familiar with the state of Florida, Gainesville's kind of north of Orlando. There, they need to travel down. So there's going to be fans from Florida, but Miami is getting three points at home. So my hunch is that, and and lots of the college uh, predictors all have Miami winning their division, whether it's the Coastal or whatever of the ACC. It was uniform. They picked Miami, Florida. All the experts, you know, Jerry Palm and them from CBS Sports. So because of that, I like the point, the plus three for Miami in this one. And even if they lose 21-20, I mean, I really think that Miami's going to bring something at home for, for them to be so across the board predicted. Yeah, I was the same way. Initially, I, I did like Miami just looking at it, but I, I think Toledo is is uh, deceiving. I think that is a pretty deceiving game. They were a good team last year in the MAC. I, I don't have their record in uh-huh, front of me, yeah. but I, I believe they won their bowl game. One thing that caught my eye is each both of these teams gave up just six points last week so i do like this game to be low scoring i like the under 48 just initially when Mm -hmm. i look at it but i i think florida goes down and wins by a touchdown i have 24 17 florida winning that one but that'll that'll be a good game and that's a chance for miami to show people that uh you know they weren't ranked to start the year but you know uh a decently impressive win last last week they won 34-6 against FAU mm-hmm. which is nothing to pride your season over but that's Oh, get, I see I misspoke. I forgot. They yeah. were 31 point favorites and they did and, not cover in that game. Okay. But you know, that Sorry that's that. a good start to your year. If you're winning 34-6, you did the sure. job. So I I think they are ready to come okay. in this game. That being a home game, I I you know, I have Florida winning that game by a touchdown, but that could flip easily. I'm going to stick with what I said earlier. I'm going to say Florida's going to win, but by 21-20. That's a, I, I think that it's the three points I like because they're, in my mind, Miami could, could just hold them off at home. you know. And Florida did not look impressive at all mm-hmm. offensively week one, so we'll see. Okay, so now I would like to proudly introduce my favorite pick of the week. <laughs> Okay, listen, I am, like I said, I'm, I live in Michigan, but I grew up in Illinois, and I'm very familiar with the Fighting Illini of Illinois, because they're the one team that I'm the resident expert in, in the state of Michigan. I, I'd like to ask somebody else in this state to, to know more about Illinois, and it pains me, because they opened up as 10.5-point underdogs at home, so it's in Champaign, Illinois on Saturday, against the Cincinnati Bearcats, who defeated the Purdue Boilermakers 49-7 to last Saturday. Okay, that spread was 13 and a half, and Cincinnati, they, they started off a little slow, but ended up walloping them. Now, I'm going to tell you that this one is the most crazy line that I do not understand right now, because it's currently Cincinnati minus seven and a half, and that's after yesterday it going to eight. So it's trending towards Illinois. I want to know why. Illinois gave up over 400 yards of offense to Southern Illinois from the football subdivision, uh, championship subdivision, and Cincinnati looks like a team that might make a run against Louisville for the bowl bid from the American Athletic Conference. So I am stunned because I think Cincinnati rolls in this game. The over-under is 54.5. I think Cincinnati might get 55 on their own. And, and as a matter of fact, I'm going to just say Cincinnati wins this game 55-20. to 20. So Yeah, I like that game being a blowout too. Illinois... They actually looked. They got off to a good start last, you know, last week against Southern Illinois. They're up 25-7 at the half, and they started to really pull away. And yep. I kind of, you know, quit paying attention to the game, and I come back, and it's 42-34, yep. and Southern had the ball, and so that that's just how Illinois football has has been the last couple of years. You know, they got up big, and they just let it. They let a team slide yeah, back it was in that they should. Thirty-two to seven, and they they gave up. Yeah, thirty-two to seven. And on social network, you know, I have some friends that go to Illinois. They mm-hmm. started getting nervous as the because sure. at halftime, like it's over, it's over, and then all of a sudden I check and people are getting nervous. So, I do like Cincinnati. You know, seven and a half does seem ridiculous. A lot of people have Cincinnati. You know, right there behind Louisville, and a lot of people are saying that's Louisville's biggest game of the year. At the end, they play Cincinnati. Right. So a lot of people are, you know, high on Cincinnati right now, and. They might even sneak into a BCS game this year. Exactly. So in playing at an Illinois team who's projected to and probably will finish at the bottom of the Big Ten or probably near. Probably two or three wins maximum. So I don't understand this. And you know we talk about, Ryan and I talk a lot about trap games. It happens a lot in baseball because we say, well, look at this pitcher with this greater ERA. He's on the road. What, what do they know that we don't know? 
that's what I'm asking Illinois right now. What's the deal? I, I and I'm not I'm not being a, a cynical fan. They just didn't look good on offense on defense, and they have young freshmen in there. Of you know, a few of their guys went to pros, right? And so I just can't see them stopping Cincinnati in any fashion. And that and that's a fair assessment too. I I agree with you. I I don't follow it as closely as you, Dan, mm-hmm. but you know I think Cincinnati just they kind of run away with that one. Yeah. I have on here. 35-14, just, okay. just to be safe, but it, okay. it could get even uglier than that. So the over and then Cincinnati easily to cover the minus 7.5. Well, the over is 54.5. Oh, it is. 49. Okay. Do you want to bulk, okay, bulk that I, I up a little a different, bit? I was looking at a different over-under, so I guess that will stay under, but okay. I'll Fair do 35-14. Okay, all right. Well, now, now I would say this is probably the arguably the coolest game of the day. It's a SEC matchup, and it's a wounded Georgia Bulldogs hosting – Jadavian Clowney and his massive frame who was he was underappreciated in their victory where they covered the spread against North Carolina South Carolina and and Spurrier the gunslingers bringing his team into into Georgia into Athens there and Georgia's favored by three with an over under 56 so Georgia proved they can point put points on the board but they don't know how to stop people so and granted Clemson is a, a wild offense and they looked great but this is an intriguing this is a game that I'm drooling about watching so I would like for you to give me your assessment and then I'll see what I what what I say after that yeah other than maybe Michigan Notre Dame this is you mm. know my favorite game of the week coming mm-hmm. up and SEC football is always good this is very interesting I think there's still a lot of not question marks, but things for both of these teams to prove. You're right. A lot of people were on Clowney, I thought, unfairly mm-hmm. after last week. You know, any anyone who's played athletics, that first game, you know, the the gun goes off or the whistle blows or the horn goes and you're out of breath immediately. Tired. It just, yes. your adrenaline takes over. And he he was, there was such a big spotlight on him that everyone, oh, he's he's sitting out of play, he, you know. So that that happens all the time, and he's getting doubled and triple teamed on every play. Yeah. He's gonna be tired. He was fighting through them. In Georgia, I thought that was a tough loss. Going into Clemson is hard. If that game would have been at Georgia, Georgia would have won. So Georgia cannot start the season zero and two. That's they what just, I was gonna ask. They cannot. What happens if they're zero and two? Their season's over. Yeah. You know, even last year they're a play away from being the national championship. And at the beginning of the year, people are calling for Mark Rick's job. Yeah. And that's just, it's cutthroat down there. So if they go to 0-2, now they're really throwing it in drive and getting nervous. Uh-huh. So And this is a must win. They're at home. <laughs> South Carolina, there was the rain delay in that game. They won 27-10. But they jumped up early, and they didn't really do anything after the first quarter. So that maybe that was just the rain or the weather. They just kind of, I'm not, I'm not really sure what happened there. Um, I do like Georgia to win this game and cover, but you're right. The defense, if they can't stop anyone, it's you know South Carolina lit okay. up the scoreboard in the first quarter on right. on North Carolina. So if you know if Georgia's defense doesn't come around, it's going to be a long year for them. Okay. Anyways, um, I see Georgia winning that game. You know maybe 35-31. Okay, so Ryan's got 35-31 for Georgia, and this is me. It's it now. We're we're a statistical anal- analytical sports prognostication show, and I, like I'm going to tell you, yes, South Carolina covered the spread. They won twenty seven set twenty seven ten, and North Carolina was knocking on the doorstep at the end of that game. But it looked to me that South Carolina had more than they showed against North Carolina. They they looked like they were explosive early. I think that this is a ricked wrecker. I think this is the game where maybe. Maybe it's time where the boos start to come out. I, I feel like South Carolina's defense is going to really shut them down. So I'm going to be looking for South Carolina taking the victory on the road in a hard-fought battle. I'm going to go something something that's more than a field goal. I'm going to go 20-16 to 16 wow, for South scoring. Carolina. Yeah, low okay. scoring. So I'm going to keep it way under because I think that South Carolina is going to show that they are for real. This They're, they're, they're to be in the, the mix this year. And yeah, it's interesting they said. I just, I don't know. I really like Georgia. I think you know maybe they're probably the best team in the country. They just had a tough, tough first game. Like I mentioned last year, the SEC championship. You know, the time ran out on them as they're going into score. They would have went to the national championship. They they were at Clemson, really tough place to play. They were down big. They had a chance. It was a you know mm-hmm. a chip shot to tie, or it was to cut it to seven or tie it up. Mm-hmm. You know, in the second half, right. and they missed a field goal. So they're yeah. they're you know just a couple plays away it seems like around every corner and it just 
you're right, maybe that does impact them in this game, but I think they're a better team than South Carolina, and I think that'll well, show Saturday. Well, the halftime Saturday. score is really going to be interesting because if it's something like 13 nothing South Carolina or 13-6, you're going to make, well, right. I think, doubt's going to creep in. So changes. Georgia needs to come out hard in that one. But I, it's yeah. In, yeah, it's interesting because um, I read a stat earlier that Aaron Murray and his time at Georgia is 0-3 against South Carolina, and he's 12-1 and against all other SEC East opponents. Wow. <laughs> so they really have his number. Okay. So that, that'll, be an, inter- yeah, that'll be an interesting part of that See, game. See, that's what, that's what Ryan's here for. I'm just going to go with my hunch, and <laughs> Ryan's going to bring facts into the mix. Yeah, Thank you. I, I think the score there mm-hmm. is really tough to judge as far as, you know, over-under. Mm-hmm. But the spread in that, I think, is a little more easy mm-hmm. to predict than... Because you're right, Georgia's defense showed us nothing, and South Carolina was in that weird game where they were up big, and there yeah, was the rain, rain delay, delay, and after the rain delay, they just didn't look the same. Uh-huh. So I'm not really confident in my overall pick mm-hmm. as far as the numbers, but I do like Georgia to win and cover. All right. So let's move on then. Uh, this one we'll do quick, and then we're going to get into Notre Dame, Michigan. We've, how are we feeling? Yeah, we're about halfway through here. So oh, yeah, yeah let's we're do. doing good. Yeah. Ryan's official timekeeper too. This is great. <laughs> He's got multiple jobs. We're multitasking. So are we doing well on time? You're happy, Ryan? Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about Notre Dame, Michigan. I think that's the highlight game for okay. me personally, and a lot of people around the country. Right. And that's a night game, correct? They're going to light yeah, up the stadium. Yeah, that'll be there. that's college game day, baby. Okay, they got yeah. they got it set up there in Ann Arbor, wow. and yeah. They'll be ready to go. You know, okay, it's, it opened at three and a half for Michigan as favored at home. And and it's one thing if you're new if you're new to the topic, when it's a really tough call in a game, you're gonna if if the teams kind of seem even, you're gonna give three points to the home team. It happens most often in the NFL because there's such parity. But this to me is a game where you don't know. So it opened at Michigan with three and a half, and and it went to minus four. So, so the kind of the public has pushed it towards Michigan. They're the home team. They played Central Michigan and won fifty nine nine. They'd covered the spread easily. Gardner looked good, but that was against a Chippewa team that we know is kind of frankly what Michigan State might have been able to do against Western if they had an offense. I think Michigan but State scored forty four or something like that last, last year, year against exactly, Central. So exactly. So the thing is, Michigan looked good against a very lesser opponent, and Notre Dame played. They were Temple, Temple right? and did not. To over the spread. They were about 29 point, 20, they were 26, so they were 23, 24 point favorites, and they did not cover at home. Another, this game's another interesting one, a lot like the Georgia game, where I think it's really tough to judge at this point in the season how many points each of these teams will score. Yeah. Notre Dame only gave up six. Michigan's defense has really come around the last three years, ever yeah. since Brady Hoke got there, they're really focused on just, you know, wrapping up and tackling guys. Because they, they reminded me a lot of the Lions, you know, mm-hmm. where they would just, they would give up huge plays because guys get lost on defense. And they're, you know, someone's just wide open down the middle of the field. And I think that's changed for both of these teams. Two great head coaches. I think these guys have really turned around, you know, two of the best football programs. Oh, in the country in a matter of three or four years now. So two great coaches, two great teams with traditions and all that kind of good stuff. This is going to be a fun game to watch. I think, you know, being in the big house, being at night, I like Michigan to win this game. I see it only being a field goal, though. We've seen some. Yeah, so they're not going to cover. We've seen some great games between these two teams the last couple of years. Yes. You know, two years ago they had the the game where Michigan was down and out and they scored all those points at the end and yep. came back and won. Probably one of the better games in the last five years or so. So I think Michigan probably wins that game 31-28. All right. Let me write that down here for the official scoreboard so we can talk about it next week. Okay. Now I – like Michigan as well. And when I say I like Michigan, I don't like Michigan. <laughs> There's nothing I like about Michigan. I'm on I'm on air saying it. I think that covering the spread is what I like. And here's the thing. The Golson loss, Everett Golson was the starting quarterback. And Reese does a lot of work, and he looked okay last week. And, and I think that Golson is the guy that really could have pushed Notre Dame over the top this year again. I'm not a, I'm not thinking that Reese is a guy that's going to go into the big house and pull off anything. I think he's going to get rattled and I and no it's not going to be a 20 point blowout, but I think Michigan's going to take this by 9 points is what I think. So I just Interesting. Would, so I'm going to go with thir- something like something weird where there's a safety or something. So I'm going to say 33 to 24. And now that I'm even thinking about it, I think I'm even a little high on the score. Do you think this Notre Dame defense is something that can Maybe rattle the cage of Devin Gardner. He's 
not a new quarterback. He's had experience and stuff, but this is this is a totally different stage for him. Do you think the Notre Dame defense bounced? I mean, obviously, well, no we man both had the over. Uh, what we initially I mean, the over-under is 50.5. I think that's a very low for these teams. Okay. These, these teams that tend to yeah, get up and down the I, field just when they play. Traditionally, yeah. Notre Dame, you know, I don't think they'll give up that many points, but you're right. I, Notre Dame-Michigan has in the past been a shootout. Right, and and I will say this because I'm there. Really, we don't even have a scale, and I don't want to do a scale of how sure I am because I'm not. There's not, but I I will say this on. I don't feel this isn't one that I feel. These are such close teams at in abilities right now. This is not a game that I mortgage my house to take <laughs> Michigan minus four. So let's just put it that way. I, I, it's, this is it's, just a great. It's an enjoying game, game and right. they are very even, and and so it's tough. So, like I said, the Cincinnati Illinois game. I'm going to go back and tell you, my house is already mortgaged <laughs> on, on Cincinnati. So I might be be sleeping over at somebody else's house after Illinois covers that one, but I don't think so. Now the other ones are tough too, but this Notre Dame Michigan is a very difficult score. It's going to be one that just is enjoyable. So. And I think because it's you know. So many people are expecting to be enjoyable. Both teams are, you know, geared up for this. I I think there's some missed tackles and long mm-hmm. plays, and you know, the this game means a lot to the teams, yeah. the coaches. They're gonna bust out some plays of the playbook. They're not, you know, sure. there, there's gonna be some trick plays. Even and the all crowd. That. I mean, a hundred thousand people screaming is disorienting. It's gonna mean that a reverse gets to go because because the 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 players are gonna think the fans are screaming at something to their right and the balls <laughs> behind and to the left. That's the way the crowd can go ballistic on the teams here. Yeah, and this isn't a, a national championship type game where it's more, you know, strategy. It's, you know, you're playing field position, which they are, but I just, I do see it more, you know, gunslinging. Of course, and I could see them, like, holding a grudge and saying, we're going to do the trick play that Notre Dame did right. on us back in 73. Because, like, yeah, we you know, we're like, going to do the 40-year anniversary of the Fumble Right, like we saw <laughs> with the Michigan State-Notre Dame game where the, you know, the fake kick and they throw, they still play yeah. that every day. And it's, a, you know, that was yep, the, the third little game. little Giants play. Yeah, that was yep. the third game mm-hmm. of the year, and people talk about it like it was the national championship. So this game means a lot to both schools. So that'll keep the score up, I think. Yeah, yep. Cool. Well, that's one he and I are going to definitely be enjoying uh, to watch. Okay, now let's get into Syracuse Northwestern because are you feeling, what are you feeling? No, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay, Syracuse Northwestern. This is this is an interesting one because Northwestern is 16 and a half point favorites at home against Syracuse. And Syracuse uh, hosted, ostensibly hosted Penn State last week. It was in Giants Stadium, the NFL football. Yeah. Not, I don't, it's not called Giants Stadium. It's the one where the Jets and Giants play. Same thing. Whatever. Giants it's Stadium. in Jersey, baby. <laughs> And so <laughs> Syracuse covered the spread. Uh, what actually, it was it went from 7 to 5.5, just to show you, and the final score was 23-17. So Northwestern now looked pretty good against a solid Cal team in, in Berkeley. Northwestern's minus 16.5. And, and I just want to tell you that they these two teams don't play blowout games. So no. right away, I, I like Syracuse to lose, but not lose by 17 points. I completely agree. And they lost, Syracuse, that is, lost 23-17 to Penn State. I think Penn State... You know, they were, they'll be a good team this year. They looked good at the end of last year. I think they're starting to turn things around there. So, that only being a six point game even leads me to be more confident about, you know, 16 and a half is a lot. This Northwestern's at home. It'll be their first home game of the year, mm-hmm. but they're coming back from a West Coast road trip. You know, they're out there playing Cal and they're coming home. I, I could see them, you know, winning by 14, but not. They're not That's gonna... what I say. See, listen, we got the underdog alert. We like Syracuse to cover that spread. That's right. What do you think? Uh, the little poodle likes it too. Okay, so we both like Syracuse covering the spread. What do you? So you? What do you think? Fourteen on there? You get... Yeah, I. I mean, I'll, I'll give Northwestern ten in that one. I could see him winning maybe you know thirty-four, twenty-four. Okay, and that's a 58, so that's covered. The over-under is 53 in that game. I definitely think that they're going to get up and down. They 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 did it last year. Mm-hmm. Northwestern seems like a team that can get into the 40s because they've they've shown the ability to score defensive touchdowns. They scored two two pick sixes last week. And they're a dynamic offense as well. I'm going to go 44-31 in that one, which is going to be Syracuse covering, but with the over like a madman. So that one I I like. And Northwestern plays a fun brand of football uh, this year. They're an enjoyable team. So uh, that's an easy one. I just that, that's one we can just get going. I, I like Syracuse a lot. That's a, I think that's a dangerous game for Northwestern though. We both have them winning by a lot, but Syracuse could really spoil a year that's uh-huh. supposed to be the you know 
the true turnaround for Northwestern football. And so, Northwestern usually doesn't win all four of their non-conference games. They always pick one to not do well in. Yeah, and Syracuse played great last year. They mm-hmm. have a new quarterback this year. They're not in the Dome, which they're used to, but the weather is still great outside. It's mm-hmm. you know great weather great here grass in the field in Northwestern. And so I... You know, I'm nervous for Northwestern fans for this game, and I, as a Big Ten fan, I, I really hope to see them come out and play as good as they're expected to. But I think there's a chance that Syracuse, you know, steals one. But yeah, spread wise, even if North, if Northwestern wins 44-31, like I predicted, that's a good win for Northwestern. Yeah, that's, that's a, a great double win. win. But they're not going to win by 17. If anything, no. they, if anything, they might get up by 17 and then give up in a you know, quick 14 to end the game. Just because Fitzgerald only cares about winning, it's, and he knows it. He'll Fitzgerald will say, "You know what? Good touchdown at the end." Just, <laughs> just because he's like, "By the way, we won. That was a really nice touchdown you scored on us." Because he he really cares about the one thing that matters. A lot of coaches do say that. Where we don't. I'm a coach. I don't look. I'm, I'm a coach. And I'm building a foundation and the scoreboard. We don't. We're, we're, we we tell our team not to look at the scoreboard. You know what? Everybody looks at the scoreboard. Okay, we look at every scoreboard of games. We even don't even. We hate to look at games. We say we hate both those teams. Can they both lose? But what's the score? So, okay. But, but so I just want to say, Pat Fitzgerald genuinely does not look at the scoreboard. That guy wants victories and he wants his win loss record. And that and, and he's it's he seems obsessive about wanting to win. This is a big game for it, the program. It is overall, to yeah. go two and zero because they're in the top twenty now. They're they're nineteenth in the nation in the AP poll. And this is the big year because Notre—excuse uh, me, Northwestern can can establish themselves as maybe somebody's coming coming along. So that's a big one. Okay. And another another reason yeah. that game's big is if they can get through that, they play Western Michigan at home and Maine. Is that I think? Yeah. And so those are their four non-conference games. Exactly. So if they get through that four zero, then they play Ohio State at home. That is a huge big. game to start Big Ten play. Great, yeah. Because everyone's picking Ohio State to even get to the national championship. It, by that point, they'll be like ranked about 15th or 14th that, in the nation. Yeah, that'll be, a, that'll be a college game day. Oh, you know, definitely. They already have it at 8 o'clock at night. So they have That even is, sounds exactly like it. So, and w- But that's why this Syracuse game is even more dangerous danger, because a lot danger. of people are looking ahead to that mm-hmm. Ohio State. You know, They're thinking we're getting game day. Yep. They're going to come in. It's going to be the big game to start off the Big Ten. You know, a lot of people are picking those two teams to be the top two. And in so, the for everybody so. listening now, I want you to know that even though Ryan and I haven't even said anything, we are both just convinced ourselves <laughs> that we should go like buy a house and mortgage it and take Syracuse. <laughs> and like, just for the record, I don't own a house and I never probably will. So that's that'll be my little euphemism for go get them. Cowboy, so you know I'm, I'm sticking with Northwestern yeah. to not cover but right. win. But yeah, that's that sixteen and a half seems just like way too much exactly. for that game. Okay, so then my question for for Ryan: Should we do we have time to do we talk about Oregon Virginia for a second, and then we'll get into some NFL? Yeah, we're about forty five minutes in the show here. Let's start talking some NFL. Okay, so let's just get straight into NFL, and um, you are let's just reset the clock. You're listening to Walk the Line here. Uh, my name is Dan Cryer. I'm here with Ryan Smith. Uh, I am a second year PhD student in the School of Journalism here, and Ryan's in a communication major undergrad. That I am. And, uh, you know, we're talking uh, point spreads uh, for football games. So we did our college. I feel good about college. Now, uh, when we talked earlier, Ryan and I did a little practice uh, talking show, and, and which we're just going to go on. We made some calls on NFL games, but now we're closer to the season. Things have transpired. We know that the Buffalo Bills really have no quarterback at stake, and, and we know that the Jets are starting Geno Smith. And it's it's time to get real about NFL, and it and it's always difficult to tell. I feel NFL Week One is maybe the hardest thing possible to to prognosticate. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just they are professional athletes when it comes down to it. You know, teams. It's not like college football where right. you you have the Michigan versus Central Michigan. It just doesn't happen like that. Yes, teams are better than others, but it's Week One. We know nothing at this point, and and most of the lines are reflect that. Like I said, it's you're gonna see a lot of three point spreads now, uh, for especially for the home team. I'm I'm looking at a couple that we're gonna talk about here, but really, unless unless there's something such as the Buffalo New England game, which we can start with that. Just we both sh- love New England, and that I believe yes. we talked about that I mean, before the show started. Yeah, it's nine and a half points. New England's on the road, but Buffalo. I I don't. 
EJ Manuel got injured in the preseason, and it's EJ Manuel. I mean, they played Northern Illinois, and he didn't even look that great. And that in their bowl game and there's last a guy year. Like, so. is, 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 I'm not even sure. That's his name is like Tool or Took or something for Buffalo. It, doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter because yeah. he's not Tom Brady, <laughs> and he's not the New England Patriots. And do, am I a fan of the New England Patriots? I'm not here to talk about that. I'm not a fan about them. But it, whatever. The point is, they are the Patriots. They Tom Brady is Tom Brady. He's got a gun for an arm. He's going to shoot spirals at people, and they're going to catch him for touchdowns. And, you know, Wes Welker made some comments that, you know, they weren't necessarily, you know, terrible comments, but I think those are things that sting Motivating factors. and Brady, and they want to show, dude, you're not the first slot receiver to come through New England exactly. and look good, so watch this. And they're going to they're gonna show people that they're still the Patriots. They had the, they're going to put the Aaron Hernandez thing behind them. They're, they've said bye-bye to Wes Welker. Yes, they Tim Tebow's care. gone. They, they don't they care. They just want to get down he's to business. He's Tom Brady, and he's Bill Belichick, yes. and guess what? They don't care. And he has made receivers exactly. look that we, you know, we last week we talked about his leading receivers since he's been a Patriot. And one of the guys that said, you go, I don't even know who that we is. We don't even know. We can't remember. It was like Rache Caldwell yes, or something like that. Ma- yes, yes. He, he was a leading receiver for the Patriots. Uh-huh. Tom Brady can make anyone look good, and he has the guy still. And and what's funny is we talked earlier about Michigan State not having the ability to to do play action passing because the running game is drawn in and everything. It's the it's it's the same thing. Tom Brady has such a way to make the defenses so scared that the running backs don't matter for New England either because you just bring in a Ridley or whoever Shane Vereen. Yeah, you get, and you get in and, and you get. Like six, seven yards, eight yards per carry, especially when they're down the goal line. When New that the thing that we're talking about here is points. We're looking at the scoreboard. New England scores touchdowns. They know how to get in the end zone. Brady is looks great in the red zone, and they're gonna pack it. They're gonna score thirty-eight to forty points this game. And their defense is something that's looked better over the course mm-hmm. of the last couple of years too. So yeah. that'll be interesting to see. I you know. I don't think Buffalo has any shot in this one. So yeah, well that's that's why I always wanted to start. And okay, so I'll let you pick. Why don't, why don't you pick your your team that you were that, that were, Ryan's an Illinois guy. Why don't we talk about that game? Your your Bears. You want to talk about the Bears? Yeah, let's All talk right, about let's the talk Bears because you like you like you told me. I want you. I'm to tell from them. Chicago. Not a Bears fan. Never have been. So I think Dan's a little too close to this one to see. He does not like the Bears at all. No, the Bears are. The opposite of the Giants. They always play well early, and when it comes time to play well, okay. they can't. Whereas the Giants, you're like, man, they were nine and seven, but they look they were the best nine and seven team ever. Yeah. And I think the Bears, you know, last year would they start eight and one or something exactly. like that? Exactly. And so I Cincinnati is a great team. I think they might even make the playoffs again for the third year in a Some row. Some people picked them to go to the Super Bowl to, right. to face off against San Which Francisco. I don't like that. They haven't won a playoff game yet. Then okay. you know, first ups first. The Bears are at home, Soldier Field. It's fun. People love going there. You know, Bears fans, they've been talking about this. Yeah. You know, for way too long to be honest, but so they're ready to go. Um New offensive coordinator, I believe, in Chicago. So they're going to be slinging around. I like the over 44 initially okay. off the well, bat. Well, I got 41 and a half adjusted to now. Okay, so it's f- even better. So, and the Bears are what, minus three? Bears are minus three. So what yeah. are you going to give me for a final score? I'll write this down. Yeah, I mean, I'll even do 37, 28. For the Bears? Yeah. Okay. And I, my feeling about Chicago is I'd seen them often with ex- their first team didn't look very good in preseason. There were they played at the Chargers and put up some points, but they didn't look good against the Carolina Panthers. And Chicago just it seems like they they're really good at getting onto the first and goal from the one and then not scoring <laughs> touchdowns yeah. at home. And the the fans just leave angry and disappointed. And and I'm not a Bears fan either. I like the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, and and they've put me through some stuff the last few years. They got a new new coach in Andy Reid, and they got a quarterback in Alex Smith. But for the Bears, I just I see Cincinnati coming and taking care of business, making all the Bears fans angry. I'm gonna go with uh, a 27-20 victory. But so I do also like the over in that game because the Bears just showed. So uh, I, I'm going Cincinnati 27-20 in that one. One thing I noticed looking at the scoreboard from last year's week one was there was a lot of high-scoring games, so it'll be interesting to see if that plays out this year. Right. Another thing we noticed is a lot of rematches from last year's week one, too. Yeah, so that's definitely. Which, okay, you pick one from the hat. What do you want to do next? Well, yeah, let's. I mean, tonight starts NFL football. Let's but start I, there. Do you want to get into that? Because it's, like, it's not going to be relevant is what I'm thinking. Okay, yeah, that's let's fine. Let's pop into Sunday's games. Yeah, perfect. Let's do that. So pick a Sunday game. I, I think the best game will be Atlanta-New Orleans, mm-hmm. both teams. 
that's a division game right to start. Very intriguing matchup. I think in my head, Atlanta's my Super Bowl favorite right wow. off the bat just wow. with the offseason pickups of Steven Jackson and they got OCU Minora. Okay. There's a couple other guys who are going to play a role, but those are the two big names that jumped out to me. And Atlanta's been right on the fence for a couple years now. Yeah. I think they're like Georgia, ironically, and now's the, they need to do it mm-hmm. now because you know what? You're, people are starting to get mad. Yeah, you're good, but so what? Right. What have and, you done with and, that? And Julio Jones is now more seasoned. He's got the experience. You got a Steven Jackson, Roddy White, I mean, Matt Ryan. That is a all great the, offense. All of the and the elements are there. And then the intriguing question is, what is New Orleans lacking that they had from a few years ago? Because they've fallen they're, off, but they're going to produce. Drew Brees is going to be there, and he's just like Tom I think, Brady. He can yeah, dish it out to anyone. I think the Saints are dangerously flying under the radar this year. Like usually, you hear about guys like Marcus Colston. I don't even know who their running back is this yeah, year. Me neither. And that's right where they want people. They're still going to be the Saints. Does They're Reggie Bush still play for them? I'm kidding. <laughs> it doesn't matter, yeah. you know, because Drew Brees is there, and, and they're like the Patriots. He doesn't care if he's throwing to Marcus Colston or whoever. It doesn't he's matter. He's going to get it's... 350 yards a game. Exactly. So, so first and foremost, before I even talk about the spread, I just want to say, and tell me if you agree, that the over/under is 54. This baby's going over. Yeah. Because it's two of the best offenses yeah. in the league. So I just want to say They're that. in domes, which, mm-hmm. at the, again, this year, at this point of the year, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I like Atlanta because New Orleans is minus three, I believe. They're okay. favored in that one, being yes, the home team. exactly. And that that's just essentially a pick em. They're just giving the three points yep. to the home team. Okay. You know, I, I like this game. But I like both teams getting into the 30s, maybe a 35-31 Atlanta victory. Okay, and that's exactly I, – I think the exact same score – and the funny part is, is I'm going to just say New Orleans right now, but Ryan is more correct than I am. So, <laughs> but I'm going to, and, and just, that's, that's what gonna, I picked last time. That's what will be fun about Sunday is we think we know, but we have and, no and idea. And to be honest, I'm not sure out. because if, 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 if we're talking about me, like thinking about it, I, I, I honestly would say, here's a box of Sour Patch Kids that I'll put on that. I yeah. mean, it's, it's not, it's not something, but I do like the up and down tempo. I think they're going to have long touchdowns, maybe a block punt they always like to throw one of those in the game so i'm gonna go 35 30 with new orleans yeah nfl is interesting you just you do need a couple weeks to see who's who because we don't know you know who the peyton hillis is going to be this year right we, you know we don't know is drew Brees good is mm-hmm. peyton manning still healthy is he just too old now so it's going to take two or three weeks before we can even confidently say unless it's patriots bills that we know who's going to win that one now, I'd like to bring up a game just to bring up the fact that we don't know anything going into week one. It's Seattle is minus three and a half going into Carolina Panthers. There's so many intangibles in this game that I just want to stay away from it like the plague because we have a West Coast team traveling to the East Coast. It's a 1 p.m. game, which is 10 a.m. game for people from mm-hmm. Seattle. You have a very good Seahawks team against uh, how good is Cam Newton. Yep. So there's and so much going on in this game. You know, this... This makes no sense at all, but do teams go through what would be like a sophomore slump, you know, like the Seahawks came out of, not out of nowhere, but they had a great year last year that no one expected with Russell Wilson. Yeah, do they? And Richard Sherman is a cover boy for Sports Illustrated, so now people are going to look at him to be the next kind of... They're not flying under the radar anymore. Uh People are aware of Seattle. Is he Revis, you know? How good is he? I I think they kind of snuck some games last year, Seattle. They could have had Remember the Green Bay game? Yeah, They literally literally got a victory because of the replacement refs. And Carolina, you know, this is Cam Newton... He's got to do is, it. third is year. Is he I for think. real? Like, is his third or fourth year? I've lost. It doesn't track matter. Of people, yeah. he just needs to be ready to go. Yeah. People are. People have had it with him until he starts winning. There was they had an offensive lineman last year mm-hmm. predict a Super Bowl mm-hmm. before the season even started. I think people are just getting you know what they fed did last year. The they were they were like three and nine or three and ten. I think they won like five five in a row or something to end the season. But I think they ended eight and eight. They were three and eight and won five in a row. And we know that's not a good football team. No, you don't go three no. and eight and then win at the end when it doesn't matter. Steve Smith's do. getting older now. Yeah. Like. You, so the point is for everyone listening, this is one you run for the hills because you don't know, and then you assess the teams after week one. And you say, okay, now we learned a little bit, right? Because if Seattle, Seattle could potentially come in and win by yeah. three touchdowns, and you go, wow, Seattle's really good, and people are correct on predicting them as high as they are, or you say, wow, Carolina's as good as they could have been the last two years, and they're finally just starting to show it. Yeah. So instinctively, I, you know, you got to take Seattle minus okay. three and a half, just because. 
we don't know enough about Carolina because they could be good this year and they mm-hmm. could be a, a legit eight and eight team. Like yeah. you said earlier, right. last year was kind of a fluke eight and eight. But um, you so know, give off, me a score here. Forty four and a half is the over under. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, I'll just go twenty one fourteen. I'll just for something cookie cutter. Okay, and I'm gonna go with Seattle as well. And I'm going to go for a higher scoring game. I think that this one gets kind of crazy out of hand. I think I think Wilson shows off what he can do here. Okay. So I'm going to go 38 to 28. Yeah, I mean I literally have. Yeah, and no exactly, we're just one. we're just barking at this one, just to see what happens. Okay, so let me just go over. I here. think Dan said that just to. Uh, I did use, exactly. it, <laughs> you use know, the sound effect because I mean it's really nothing to laugh about. Okay, that that's not even that good. Okay, <laughs> but the dog. Oh, that's the door. Okay. Now, we are in the state of Michigan, correct? The, I know where you're going. This is an interesting one. This is an interesting one because it's one that I don't understand, to be frank. Okay? It says we got um, we got uh, Detroit minus five at home against uh, Minnesota Vikings. And Adrian Peterson is back. He's looking strong. I don't know why the De- I know it's I know it's Detroit. I know it's I mean it's in Detroit, but minus five for the, the Lions. It's more than a field goal. I don't understand. The Lions it. are Michigan State to me. Mm-hmm. I will until they show us otherwise. We're gonna just think what we know, and that's that the Lions aren't very good. Two years ago, I believe that what was it a twelve win season or something ridiculous? They fell to four and eight. La- or, it sounds like this. Yeah, they. Yeah, yeah they, they, they were f- like, hey, we're going well, and then. Yeah, they fell to mm-hmm. four and twelve. So I'm taking Minnesota plus five. I like Minnesota to even win that game. Um, he likes the dog. Yeah, that'll be my underdog pick of the week there. So we'll take <laughs> we'll take Minnesota. All right. And uh, we'll go, you know. 46 and a half is the over-under. I like the over in that one. Yeah, I mean, I, I see that game. It's, you know, dome game. I like these division games early in the year. I'll go uh, 31-24. Minnesota. Right. So with the 31 win. 24 Minnesota? Yeah. All right. And I'm going to go with Minnesota 27 21. That's going to put it barely over, but Minnesota's going to going to take a lead and and hold on for it. I think uh I, I just like you said until the Lions show me that they have right. something positive to talk about or even watch. I it seems like they're kind of a self-destructive team. Yeah, and they added Bush this year. Mm-hmm. So people are really looking forward to that. Yeah, I don't think that's as exciting as a lot of people do. But know. you know, I hope he proves me wrong, and they have a great year. Minnesota was a playoff team last year. They were hot down the stretch, and they have the best player in the game. So I, I like them to win that one. Wait, Adrian Peterson. And the thing is, Adrian Peterson gets stronger as games go along. So if Minnesota gets a lead in a game, the guy not only can he keep the clock moving, he can bust out an, a 30, 40, 50 yard run and really just end games. Yeah, and Stafford, you know, he has the ability to sling it around. But I feel like they unnecessarily do it when they get up or when they get down. Excuse me. Right. Early in games, so the first quarter, first half of that game will be really interesting to see yeah. who controls the clock, the pace. Yeah, because if Peterson can get thirty-six carries or something like that, and you're right, the lines. What happens if they get a if they get in a deficit situation? Then he takes unnecessary risks, and then you have turnovers, yep. and then the the the, the seven-point game becomes a fourteen-point game. So. All right, how's time looking now? If we if we hit a couple more of these, we yeah, we good? got about three minutes left here. Okay, so let's just let's, jump uh, on San Francisco Green yeah, Bay. Yeah, that's you know that's a NFC marquee matchup, right. four p.m. game in San Francisco. We have Colin Kaepernick, so the Super Bowl runners up, hosting two years or was it two years ago Green Bay won? I'm losing track of time, man. I'm pretty sure Green Bay won two years ago. <laughs> no, the Giants won. The two Giants years won ago. two, so two and a half, three years ago. So <laughs> yeah, it was Green Bay, then the Giants, and then last year Baltimore beat San Francisco. So Aaron Rodgers now is back, and he's being he's being counted. He's being told, "You you're the man. We need you to be the man." So and then Ka- Colin Kaepernick saying, "I'm the new guy." So the question now uh, that that comes up is, can San Francisco continue the momentum? Because I like Green Bay plus four and a half in this game. I do as well. What's the line? Minus four and a half. And it's over under forty eight and a half. I like it to go way over. I have Green Bay thirty four thirty one. Yeah, I have San Francisco thirty four thirty one in that one. Okay, so not covering. Yeah, I mean but, they're at home. Okay. Four and a half is a lot. That'll be a close game. You know, I could even see them being down and scoring a touchdown that last drive because that's what Kaepernick does. I'm really hoping, you know, he's on my fantasy team this year. I hope he uh has a big day and can 
replicate what he did last year. It'll be interesting to see how much he runs with the whole RG3 thing happening. And mm-hmm. just It's week one. Yeah, it the, is. The and NFL is not like college football. You don't need to win this game. You yeah. don't have to prove anything. Exactly. It would be great for San Francisco to get a home win against a quality team. But Yeah. And I'd go even so far as to say that for NFL, you're going to need to get two or three weeks of samples before you get a right. real good read on team. And really, the sweet spot of NFL line picking is going to happen between weeks three four, and uh, four, you know, and 12, four and twelve. Yeah, yeah, in there because you don't. Want, at the end of the season, it's tough again. But but you don't really have a good sample yet because we don't know if anybody's going to get injured. We don't know if anybody's harboring an injury that they aren't, or maybe they were, you know, sandbagging a little bit in the preseason. So there's yeah, a lot to learn. Yeah, and there's guys like Kaepernick and Newton where. These guys are great talents, but we don't know what to expect consistently from them yet. So that's what yep. that's what makes it hard to predict. All right, before I play us out of here, I'd like to just tell everybody that it was a, a pleasure being here at Impact 89, Impact Sports. We're looking forward to a great 2013. My name is Dan Cryer, and uh, I'm here with Ryan Smith. So, Ryan, why don't you uh, say uh, goodbye to everybody and tell them, uh, tell them how good we can Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah. Hope everyone enjoys the second week of college football and the first week of pros. It's that time of year again, and we're loving every second of it. All right, so thank you for listening to Walk the Line. I'm going to play us out here like this. It's Dan and Ryan. You've listened to Walk the Lion. Peace. All right, everybody. Have a great week, and we will see you later.